Happy New Year, and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, a podcast exploring how we can best maintain a sense of energy, inspiration, and wakefulness while living in this strange and potent time. My name is Brett, and I'll be your host on this journey as we meet some incredible humans who are fully applying themselves to these principles. And it's my hope that this platform can be used as a directory of sorts for different ideas and views to help us live more engaged in embodied lives. With that said, though, I do want to acknowledge that some of the topics and themes covered in this show might have an air of privilege surrounding them, in that you often need a surplus of energy to really access them completely. And this can be difficult while dealing with the demands of our modern lives. It's not an uncommon feature to find ourselves feeling a sense of entrapment within our routines. And this feeling of stuckness, while it can start off subtly over time, might boil over into a full-fledged depression or other manifestation of discontent. Uh, Regardless of what the causes are, being in that state over time can wreak havoc on our ability to show up to the commitments we make to ourselves and others. Our energies get scattered, our aspirations become foggy, and we downshift ourselves into a survival mode. And this makes it incredibly hard to open to life and to express ourselves clearly and with intention. And that's why I felt that it was important to take a moment to address this stuckness in a candid way. And in order to do this, I invited my friend Mike Chang to come back onto the show. For longtime listeners, you may recognize Mike as my very first guest. He's incredibly well-known in the fitness world for his starter program, Six Pack Shortcuts, and more recently, his Flow 60 Training Regiment. The latter is an excellent combination of strength training, meditation, yoga, self-massage, and emotional upliftment through physical movement. I'm often recommending his platform to folks who are new to maintaining disciplines and are looking for a well-rounded program to explore their bodies and minds. So in this conversation, we dive deep into the subtleties of what it means to be in a rut, from its effect on our physical bodies and energy to our minds and emotions. We go through a very simple process of how you can climb out of that situation and set yourself up for a new path in life. And I think this is a really timely episode as we stare down uh, the next 365 days together, and I'm really excited to share it with you. So if you are feeling inspired by this conversation, please consider checking out Mike's platform at flow60.com. He has a new program starting on January 25th, as well as some free introductory routines that are available on YouTube, one of which was the one that got me consistent in my daily practices. If you want to support this show, you can subscribe over at patreon.com slash 21st Century Vitalism, or maybe send me a one-time donation over at Venmo at brett-kane-1. Sharing this episode and following us on social medias is also a huge help, and I see it every time you do it, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. really means a lot. Uh, So yeah, without any further ado... I want to invite you to kick back, maybe do some stretches, drink some tea, but most importantly, open your heart for the ever-inspiring Mike Chang. Yeah, we are now live. Mike, hello. Welcome back to the show. It is so good to have you. 
Yes, welcome. Uh, it's great to be back, man. Sixty-five episodes later, man. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty amazing how the twists and turns of life, you know, interweave and how different paths. I mean, a lot has happened both in my life and in yours. You know, paying attention. So, congratulations on uh, starting your little family there. You got uh, a child yes. and. Yeah, yeah, he's eight months old, crawling around, and he's mobile now. And uh, so my wife and I are more alert. He's not just laying on his back crying. He can he can travel places now. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's yeah, a nice experience. Yeah, every step of that journey, I'm sure, is just like a new um, spectrum of different fears and observations, and just like, okay, we gotta, oh, we have to baby proof now. That's a vibe. So mm, yes, we were prepared for that uh, a couple months ago. So yeah, yeah, yep. just just going with the flow. It's it's interesting how how the way uh, um, the the things that uh, I help my students with, you know, we we apply the same thing in the way that we raise our son. <laughs> there's there's no different, yeah. you know, treating this human versus treating an adult. It's all the same, same principles. You know? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I'm sure that is going to probably interweave with our conversation later on down uh, in this hour because there's a lot of really juicy things in there that I think are applicable to everybody, not even just parents. But yeah, today, uh, you know, we're at the crest of the new year, and I thought it'd be a really important thing to take a moment to address the folks who tune into my conversation here um, on cultivating vitality and energy and who might be feeling like a little put out because it's not their actual lived experience. And, you know, I'm really speaking to the people who have found themselves in a certain life situation that could be described as a rut. You know, we're all familiar with that energy where you just wake up, 10 years have gone by, and it's like, oh, man, I might not be where I want to be in life. You know, I thought I made every right decision along the way, but I'm feeling really unhappy my health has kind of gotten away from me. I'm in and out of depression. I don't even know what diet means anymore. You know, I work at a job which might be financially stabilizing, but isn't fulfilling me. So I don't really have a sense of direction or meaning. Um, and I thought that you would be a really wonderful voice on how we could potentially break through this really condensed energy that has so much momentum to it can sometimes feel impossible to even get on top or even know where to start it's just like ah oh, the entire thing is is screwed up so yeah um you know i was wondering you know describing some of these characteristics of just this this thick kind of momentum of uh, just dissatisfaction in every aspect like, where would you find your entryway in something like that I think the first step is to not make it worse because, you know, when somebody's in that situation, um, they they tend to mentally kind of beat themselves up. You know, man, I should be much farther along. You know, my friend is doing this. You know, the people that, you know, that I know are accomplishing that and I am not where I want to be. And that complaining and blaming, all the mental dialogue, that puts us deeper in a rut where we already aren't where we want to be in life. But, um, you know, now we have that, that, you know, that double whammy. <laughs> so letting go of the idea of, you know, having to, uh, to, you know, kind of be mean to ourselves 
give ourselves a break, realize, you know, something that's really helped me out is, you know, realize that our life goes in cycles, that there are times that we're going to be really busy and things are going to happen, you know, and they're going to be really great. And then there's times to where it's not going to be. Now, we all like to believe that we are in control of our life because we are such powerful beings. Yet, when we really take a look, we have a sense of control, but we are not really in control. And when we can accept the idea that life happens and um, things that are happening right now are supposed to happen the way they've happened, and that nothing is wrong with life. Yes, I do feel stuck, and yes, this is where I'm at, and those places is where I want to go, and this is what I want to accomplish. It doesn't mean that I'm not in the place I'm supposed to be at right now. Because what this does is this creates a sense of acceptance of where, of where a person is at, and that plays a massive, massive role because they stop fighting on the inside. And when we stop fighting ourselves, now we can actually put our attention to, well, what actually needs to happen to get me out of this, you know? But before that, that first step is, let me stop fighting myself because it's it's not going to help me. It's like if I want to go and do this thing, but I'm attacking myself at the same time, it, it really logically doesn't make sense. Um, and it really is energetically exhausting. And so once we stop doing that, we can come to acceptance. Okay, this is where I'm at. There's no point in you know, complaining over spilled milk, so to speak. Now, what do I need to do? Number one, I need to go ahead and activate some energy. I need to activate some energy. At this point, whoever is in a rut, um, their energy is not activated. They don't feel energized. Their mind is um, not in this expansive type of state, which happens when we have a lot of energy flowing through our body. Our body doesn't feel light. It feels heavy. You know, we don't feel good. We feel pressure. And so we need to go and activate the energy. So now how do we activate energy? So let's look at the most fundamental three things. Number one. Am I getting enough movement? Now, as you know, Brett, you know, I teach a, teach a practice, you know, the Flow 60 practice, where I teach people how to move and how to activate their energy and do all these things. Now, however, I am a firm believer that doing something is better than doing nothing. So if somebody likes this practice that I teach, awesome. Go try it out. Go do it. But what happens if they just like going, going for a swim? What happens if they enjoy going for a walk? What happens if they like to, you know, go for a bike ride? Then my suggestion is get out there and start moving your body. Now let's go and activate some energy. So now this energy is starting to circulate. Naturally, a person starts to feel better. Their mind starts to become a little more expansive. And what's actually happening there is that when a person's in a rut, they're emotionally stressed, their energy is stuck, and the mind is seen through this lenses of stress and fear and worry and all this stuff. And they can't get away from this lens, not unless they change the energy. So when they get up and they start to move, they allow that lenses to go away. 
And even though not all movements are equal, you know, different movements create different effects in the body. But again, movement is better than no movement. So don't worry too much about the details. Get up and start to move and do something that you enjoy so you can do it every day. So now this person is doing that and they're feeling better. They're having a slight shift in their outlook of life. They start to go from all I pay attention is problems and all I have is these struggles and I am just so stuck. They start to go, you know, maybe I can make a change. Maybe there's this opportunity I can kind of go for. Maybe I can actually, you know, do something about it instead of just feeling very overwhelmed and stuck. This is happening because the energy is moving. The lenses and their mind from all of this stuck emotions is starting to come down. And that's number one, movement, right? Without diving too much into all of the details, I just want to keep it really simple because I want the listeners to be able to apply. I don't want to keep it really complicated. Simple, get up and move, okay? Yeah. Number two, you're eating. Now, a lot of times, you know, people associate um, eating clean, nutrition, all of this stuff, they associate to uh, weight loss, they associate to having a great body, and they associate it to um, general health. Now, I want to give somebody another reason on why they need to um, take care of their eating. When you don't eat clean food for your body, when you don't give your body the right nutrition in the right amounts, your mind gets very, very clogged. And when your mind gets clogged, your energy gets blocked, and now you can't get out of a rut, or you will put yourself into a rut. And so then... Let's go ahead and start eating better. Now, there are so many diets out there. So instead of um, giving suggestions on diets, here's what something I would suggest. Because I don't know what this person's goals are, how their body type is, what their history is. But there are some really, really um, simple ways to look at eating. And this is universal. This is why I like to look at it this way. The universal thing. Number one, whatever you're eating... How do you feel from what you're eating? Does your body feel good or, you know, <laughs> right, Brett? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, I don't know what you're putting in your body, but you know, we can pretty much all agree that if you eat something that makes your stomach hurt, it's probably not the best for you, right? Yeah. That's not hard to, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to differentiate for some people because sometimes things can taste really good and you can have mm -hmm. this really rich experience, this decadent, like, oh man, it's like a really sensational experience, but then it's like 20, 30, 40 minutes after, then you start to feel that wave and almost feel like sometimes people put more value into like that sensational experience of eating something tasty and then they can just like pay the tax of feeling like garbage after and how we value those two different things. Yes. And also sometimes people will, um, will learn about healthy foods and they will say, you know, I'm going to try this because I heard it was healthy, but then they eat it and their stomach doesn't feel good. Yeah. And they don't listen to their stomach because they go, well, you know, so-and-so said it was healthy or, you know, this place said it was healthy. And, and that's the thing is there are so many things that are labeled as healthy, but let our body be the judge of it. Let our body actually let us know if it's healthy. And it's really simple. If it feels good in your body, um, there's a chance that's good for you. If it doesn't, well, you know, it's obvious. 
Yeah. So that's really simple, right? So then another thing when it comes to feeling good, that means um, digestion, bloatedness. Bloatedness used to be like a normal thing for me. Every time I eat, I get bloated. Mm -hmm. And I never knew the reason why. Now I realize, well, the body needs to digest the food that we eat. And if you're eating something that doesn't digest really well, then we're kind of missing the point of eating, right? That the body needs to digest it and needs to go and break it down so it can utilize it. But if it has problems breaking down the food, then your body's trying to tell you that um, you need to eat something different. Maybe it's the combination of foods that you're eating. Um, maybe you're just eating too much. And that pours into That's the me. third thing. <laughs> it, it's 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 been me for many many years yeah. you know sometimes there's not that much to change um besides just eating a little bit less so when we do these things naturally our energy starts to flow our mind becomes um, more clear and now we are able to get out of the rut because we can see different options because when we're in that rut and our energy is blocked, we literally can't see the options out there. It's like it's not that they don't exist. We just can't see it, right? Is our perspective isn't isn't dialed in to become aware of it. And now we're actually able to see it. There's something also called being confident with ourself, having self belief. People think this is a trained thing. This is not just a trained thing. When our energy is blocked, naturally we start to feel um, stress, worry fear. And when we feel stress, worry, fear, it doesn't allow us to be very confident, nor to yeah. believe that we can do something and vice versa. When our energy is more open and circulating, we don't feel those things. And therefore, naturally, we become more confident. Naturally, we believe in ourselves, which is really important to get out of being in this rut and start to take action and move forward with our life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you bring up that element that confidence is almost like a symptom of like making the right choices rather than this thing you have to like fake it till you make it. You know, I think there might be like something beneficial of that, of like trying to appropriate that state, but really it comes from like an accumulation of different effects coming together. That was actually something I was going to bring up too, is like the energy of confidences and how we can really cultivate that by not focusing on it directly, but everything else in our life. It's like tending to the soil that grows the flower of confidence. Yeah, so and not to rabbit trail too much, but confidence is based on the energy in our body. Yeah. yeah. It's based on the way we feel because we can't touch energy. So therefore we can't see energy. So the way that we will interact with energy is through feeling. Mm -hmm. When we feel our body, we can feel the energy that exists inside. And... Yeah. When we can feel our body, we connect to the mechanism, the device, the vehicle that can feel energy. All we have to do is connect to the body. And then now the body can feel energy that's inside and the body can feel the energy of every person that we interact with, every living being and situations, rooms, places. Our body has the mechanism to feel energy. All we have to do is connect to our body. Or in other words, um, remove the blockages that doesn't allow us to connect, mm -hmm. you know, which we would call feeling, right? Increased ability to feel, right? So food is a huge, huge 
um, component that blocks our ability to feel mm. and everything that we pretty much put into our mouth right now, smoking, drinking, all these things. And, you know, no judgment against all this stuff. I used to be really, really heavy on pretty much everything that's not good for you. So I, I know how it is. Um, but those are things that stop us from feeling, therefore stop us from connecting to that energy, stops our mind from expanding. And confidence comes directly from that. I didn't realize this. I was just like everybody else. I wanted to be confident. I learned about how it means to be confident. Do this, do this, do this. You know, don't do that. Act this way in this situation, blah, blah. And you know, <laughs> when I became confident, it was, it had nothing to do with any of those things. I don't even remember exactly what they are now, nor do I care because that's nothing to do with those things. You know, it's like, those things is like being an actor. That's like, yeah. let's be actors. Hey, this character acts in this way, so let's learn how to be that way and let's act that way. Well, great. You get really good at acting that way. But something else that people want besides confidence is they want to be themselves. Yeah. And you can't like be yourself if you're... Yeah, yeah. Spontaneity. So coming back into the foundation, so far we've covered um, movement, Right. We've covered nutrition. And then the last thing, which some of you guys would guess, sleep. You see, and just getting the sleep, allowing the body to rest because the body doesn't rest. It gets stressed. The energy gets blocked because the actual flesh is overworked. It doesn't have a chance to rebuild. So the body's literally breaking down. And the body is the energetic container. It's the actual container that holds the energy that allows our mind to function which then also is the mechanism that gets us to take action if we have low willpower it's because we have low energy if we don't feel like doing something it's because we have low energy and we have a um a closed mind a mind that feels very very stuck so the way that we see things is, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. And so these three foundational things, um, they are such a huge component. But when we start to look at it not as, I want to be fit you know, and have a great body, or I want to get in shape, when we look at it for the intention of, I want to turn my life around, I want to get my mind, I want to get my body, and I want to get my emotions to be on point, right? On, what does on point mean? My body, I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel energized. I want to feel strong. My emotions, you know, I want to feel centered. My mind, I want to be clear. I want to be focused. I want to be decisive. Mm -hmm. I think everybody agrees that they want something along the lines of those things. And they can get those things if their energy and their body is vibrating at a high frequency if it is circulating. Mm -hmm. And if it's blocked, the exact opposite happens. But if we look at it in the physiology standpoint, you know, then it's blood, right? Same thing. Let's have the blood do the same thing, circulate. And when the blood circulates, all the functions in the body are able to, to work properly and vice versa. This has been one of the biggest things that I realized. Before, I, I didn't connect those dots. 
And when I realized that so much of our entire way of thinking, negative thoughts, you know, when people have negative thoughts and they tell me, oh, you know, all of these things are happening, here's all the drama, I ask them about these three things. And almost every one of those people, if not literally 100%, they fail to do these three. Their movement, it's off, it's random. Their nutrition, terrible. Sleep, off and on. Instead of looking at these things, instead of looking at their movement, their nutrition, their sleep, what actually affects their state of being, people instead look at the problems, thinking that I'm just going to try to fix the problems. And, and that's the thing. It's, it, it doesn't work that way. This is why people repeatedly um, get in same situations. People will get stuck. They will get out of this rut, and then they'll find themselves back in a rut. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to be in a rut. The only reason why we're in a rut is because our mind, our body, our emotions are not operating. Because if you think about it, everybody's got something they want to do, right? Everybody's got a goal, no matter if they believe in it or not. But they got a goal. They know they want something. They want their life to be a certain way. What stops a person? from going after it. Yeah. You know, if we, if we look at pets, if we look at like our dog and our cat, wouldn't it be strange if we realize that our cat wants to scratch itself, but it can't. It wants to jump over there, but it's doubting itself. <laughs> you know, it, it's like yeah. a dog wants to chase, but it doesn't really quite know. It wants to bark, but then it's, you know, it's self-conscious and it doesn't want to bark and it, it, and it finds itself in a, you know, in a situation. It would be kind of strange if our animals did that. Now, some animals actually do because they've been around humans too long. But if you look mm-hmm. at animals mm-hmm. out in the wild, yeah. you know what? They do exactly what the heck they want to do. Yeah. yeah. But as humans, we seem to struggle to do what we want. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, such a strange thing when we look at it, right? We literally can't do what we want. But there's a really straightforward solution to this. That's the real thing. You know, when a person's able to do what they want, what's the problem? You don't have it, go get it, right? right. You don't like what's happening, go change it, right? We all have the capability to take action. People think it's about not knowing enough. People think it's about the lack of resources. I don't know the person. I don't know it's not. It's none of these things. Everything that you lack, you can get. Everything that you haven't done, you can do. All the places yeah. that you haven't been to, you can go. There is no, nothing stopping a person besides their inability to do what they want. Yeah. yeah. You know, when, when we look at it that way, it's, it becomes pretty clear that the change isn't about all this stuff on the outside. Those are just symptoms, right? Effects. Mm-hmm. It's really looking at the fundamental thing. How does a person actually do what they want? How did they go, I want this thing and I can take action on it versus I want this thing and now I'm going to do it, but let me um, insert excuse on why I can't do it. doesn't matter what the excuse yeah. is. It's infinite. Yeah. Well, it's safe. It's safe to not do the things you at least know what the outcome will be, which is more of the same, whether or not that's uncomfortable or not. You know, sometimes a lot of people prefer having some semblance of ground where what you're really advocating for is almost the sense of 
like that groundless spontaneity of like, I don't know who I'm going to be when I do this. Like I'm going to end up <laughs> someone new. And there's a lot of fear because that kind of shines lights on the cracks of our entire um, structure of egohood, you know? And I, I really like that you, you mentioned like the first thing you're like, just be gentle with yourself, you know? And I really wanted to say that. I think that there's an intelligence to being in a rut. Like the rut has in this primordial, it's like a barometer for whether or not the systems of your life are actually in accordance. So it's like being gentle, welcoming the rut to a degree of like, okay, you have something to teach me. There's something in my life that I'm not paying attention to in my body is has this wisdom to really reorient us toward like, all right, you have to make a different choice, you know? And I think that oftentimes we just try to avoid that very much because, again, that shines that light of like, oh, I'm, I'm not living up to my potential. You know, that's what – it's the physiology of not living up to your potential. Mm. You know, sometimes, sometimes we may believe that – in order to move forward in our life, in order to go do the things we want to do, it's supposed to feel good. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel good, um, you know, something is up, maybe what we're doing is not right. Um, and, you know, I have this conversation very often with, with students. And the thing is, it's not supposed to feel good. You know, yeah. it's life is not always supposed to feel good. I think people have this idea that the outcome the outcome of the way they feel should either feel good or something is wrong. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. You know, when we, when we are trying to pick and choose um, how we like to feel, what we're basically saying is that everything in life is supposed to make us feel good. And that if it doesn't feel good, then something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. But if we look at if we look at it, what doesn't make us feel good? You know, when we see somebody on the street hurt on the street, does that make us feel good? Probably, probably not, right? If we see um, one of our loved ones hurt, right, being taken advantage of, does that supposed to make us feel good? Nope. When somebody in our life dies that's close to us, that doesn't feel good either. When a country is in war and many people are dying that doesn't feel good right when we see innocent animals dying suffering because of some natural cause or because of our cause it doesn't make us feel good right there are countless situations now are we here to say that these situations are not supposed to happen and that they are wrong right can we control any of these situations? You know, I think most of us will agree that we will try, but we will not be even close to controlling them all. And yeah. to be honest, we probably can't control rarely any of those. So then how are we supposed to feel? Well, the answer is whatever it is that you feel, fully feel it. Because we're a human being, we're supposed to feel. You know, I just got off of a got off of a coaching call. You know, just with the with the class, you know, just just about an hour ago, and we were talking about this very subject. And mm -hmm. the lesson that that uh, that I was teaching is feel unconditionally, 
just let go of this idea that's supposed to feel good and just start feeling unconditionally. Because when a person starts to starts to feel, then if something bad is, um, if they're feeling something bad, or if they're feeling something uncomfortable, it doesn't matter. Keep feeling it, and what happens is that uncomfortableness that they're feeling is either something that is new, right? That it's not, um, it's not something that they're used to feeling. Yeah. But the the interesting thing, one of the most biggest conceptions about emotions and about the way we operate, everybody wants to feel happy, feel peaceful, grateful, compassionate, you know. The biggest conception is that we're supposed to create it, right? How many times do people go, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to feel happy, right? I'm going to try to feel more grateful. I'm going to try to this. I did the same thing, and that's not the way you do it almost a little self-harming you know because it's kind of like attacking the place that you're at it's like this isn't good enough i'm gonna bolster against it by imagining myself in this more happy you're like distancing yourself from what's actually there which is kind of it's a little aggressive yeah right it's what somebody what somebody should realize that is that these things that we all want you know like love and peace it's inside of us already and to feel it we just need to let go of what's blocking it so there's the stress the worry the fear the anxiety whatever whatever emotions there if we fully feel it it would go away it would allow it to release and then when it releases what we want to feel will automatically show up and when that happens remember we're talking about the change in energy now the energy in our body circulates because that fear all that stuff that we didn't feel that's the blockage of energy you know a person who's in a rut what happens is they are either a not feeling their body fully and they're just in their head complaining or b they are feeling their body and they're in their head (laughs) complaining and But if they were just to, and here's to, for you guys listening, okay, this is the secret, right? Here's all you have to do, okay? People pay me thousands and thousands to learn this one thing, okay? Fully feel your emotions. Fully feel your feelings. Don't judge them. Don't make any stories about them. Just feel. And when the stories come up, which they will, bring your attention back to your body and feel and keep feeling until that feeling that uncomfortable feeling is gone and it doesn't matter how long it takes it could be 20 minutes it can be two hours it could be days if you want to get rid of it just feel it until it's gone that's it yeah that's it and then that's the solution and suddenly all of the fear and all that stuff that causes the ruts they go away because the ruts are just caused by emotions of fear and worry and stress, which then affects the mind. So when we release it from the body, our mind clears up, we become confident, we believe in ourselves, and then we go after the things that we really want in our life. And that's it. Yeah. I love it. it. It reminds me, you know, I'm a body worker, I'm a massage therapist, and, you know, oftentimes what helps people's bodies unwind is by applying a firm, constant pressure. You know, it's like bringing attention to the part that hurts. And it's the same exact thing with the mind, right? You know, and I, I find I, I've kind of made this comparison, you know, like sometimes when you get angry, 
it has to like you feel that really intense burning energy and a lot of people end up expressing it uh, often in unhealthy ways they'll go punch a wall or they'll go scream or you take it out on somebody else and they're like but that's like me moving it right like, that's me that's me feeling it that's what it feels like to do but what i've realized is that that's like a pressure release valve which actually again distances you from the experience you're trying to get one over it you're trying to manipulate it to be lessened whereas if you really learn how to just sit like a warrior and just face it and just feel that full thing even if you have to grit your teeth and clench your fists you know just doing anything to like keep it in you actually start to see the way in which it dissipates which is much different than just pressure release valving it you know it dissipates more organically and actually turns into a wisdom you know there's actually something to be learned from those energies as well whether it's like self-aggression you know which also has an intelligence to it you know when you're beating yourself up there is a slight essence of observation it's just all the story we put over it becomes this flurry like a storm but really at the heart of it is like an actionable step that you can take toward wholeness but we can't get that if we're trying to get rid of it so quickly. Well, and and the way that you were describing about the expression of like, you know, hitting a wall or, or being really angry, it creates a temporary release of energy, which is why people do it. But the act of expressing that creates more of it. Mm -hmm. right so when somebody's angrily punching at a wall or, or angrily screaming they're like oh i feel better when i scream okay but the behavior of screaming were you were you emotional yeah oh, okay so you do this emotional behavior and then every time when you are feeling emotional you do an emotional behavior which then creates more emotion mm -hmm. so therefore how do you ever get away from it your act of expressing creates more of the thing that you're trying to get rid of. Right. So that's the issue. So like what you mentioned, right? It's exactly right. Somebody needs to actually feel into it and they don't express the emotions. They release the emotions. It's very, very different. You know, the analogy that, that I like to use is like, imagine a gun and this gun, it's got, bullets in the chamber loaded now if these bullets were like the emotions in our body and i want to get rid of these emotions what would i do now if i had a gun i can go ahead and get rid of these eight bullets by firing eight times and then the bullets are gone out of the gun or i can open up the chamber and i can release eight bullets out from the chamber and then the bullets are gone both of them will empty out the gun right now. But the outcome is very different to fire eight times versus to take out eight bullets by removing the chamber. And this is what happens when we are experiencing these emotions. Instead of directing this emotion towards somebody by doing some behavior towards something, instead, fully feel it. And by feeling it, we will release the emotions from our body and our mind will start to clear. This way, yeah. we don't create any <laughs> collateral damage, like how we would yeah. shoot at things. And, you know, yeah. you don't want to release your emotions. Ask somebody. That's going to come right back to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love that analogy. 
Yeah, I think that there's something, you know, when we talk about releasing, you know, and for us as people who have like practices or other people who have practices, they can maybe get like a strong sense of how that functions. But I wonder if people who have no experience of really like how when you're in that peak moment, like how do you really allow these things because they're powerful energies, you know, Mm -hmm. something that's coming through right now is what I found to be really beneficial is like, again like in order to release something like you have to almost release your attachment to having kind of an opinion of it so oftentimes the reason that we don't want to feel angry is we don't see ourselves as angry people but allowing and being gentle with the fact like anger is present you know we can work on our attachment to being a certain way which creates a lot of space for the thing to exist and then dissipate rather than like hyper fixating like well i really have to release this you know, Mike's telling me if I don't release this, I'm going to shoot somebody and there's going to be, you know, but it's like allowing all of the energy of being human to be present, you know, that just creates this huge open space that allows it to arise and then dissipate and not have the extra invested energy. Does that track or does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Makes sense. Um, when I look at when I look at this question, I think, how do we help somebody be able to do this? I, you know, I realized it's like, um, it's like if somebody asks you to go, Hey Brett, you know, go ahead and dance like a ballet dancer, you know, jump on your toes and do that little spin and do the, you know, the, all the moves. Do you think you'll be able to do it? Right. Um, that might be for like a premium episode. That's when I get my Patreon <laughs> moving. People can tune in and yeah, someone's yeah. got to pay for that. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if you can, you might just surprise me and you're like, well, Mike, there's a lot yeah. of hidden talents you didn't know. <laughs> Let me put on my outfit. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, yeah. um, well, the well, if you're, <laughs> okay, be fair with you was waiting. If, yeah. if you were to ask me that, it would be the same <laughs> yeah. answer for sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, but, but the reason why we can't do it is, right, not because uh, we don't have the capacity to get better. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure we can get better. Can we become really, really good? That's a different story. But we can get better, right? We can practice and learn. But if we haven't learned, if we haven't practiced day in and day out, then how are we supposed to be able to, to do that? Right? It's like it, it would, the toes just don't work in that way. You know, I, I, I just don't have that gracefulness. Now, if we look at releasing emotions from the body, if we look at feeling the body and holding the attention in the body, and we look at it in the same way, just because we have the capacity to feel doesn't mean that we know how to feel very well. Just like a ballet dancer spins, I think everybody can kind of do a little spin, but if you want to spin like a ballet dancer, it's a little bit different. And everybody can feel, but if you really wanted to fully feel to release emotions, you're not going to be able to do it well unless you've practiced a lot. And unfortunately, you know, we live in a society where, I don't know about you, but my parents never had this conversation with me of, hey, Mike, you know, when you're feeling bad, you need to fully feel sit with that anger relax that's never ever happened and i know a lot of people that never had that conversation with their parents they never grew up learning any of these things 
So we as adults have spent decades doing the exact opposite. The most natural thing, if I don't feel good, if I get scared, if I get stressed, I tense up. And the last thing I want to do is to feel bad, feel angry. I don't, I don't want to feel it. I'd rather feel good. So I suppress those uncomfortable feelings. I block them out. I try to do the opposite. I take my attention and try to place it somewhere else. So I don't, I don't be present with those feelings. And so now when we're having this conversation and we go, hey, hey, uh, hey person, go ahead and feel your feelings. They're going to mostly have a hard time doing so because they've never practiced. Yeah. So then I had this, um, this struggle myself. Yeah. I was a very, you know, fitness person, you know, I've worked out all my life. So I would be considered to be really, really in shape. Now, feelings, the ability to feel the body is an entirely different um, skill set. It's entirely different. I couldn't feel my body barely at all. I can control my muscles, but I couldn't feel the feeling in my body. I've suppressed it for so long. And I remember sitting there and working on bringing my attention into my body and just trying to connect to myself. And it was like the hardest thing to do. And I remember times where I felt so frustrated because I didn't know, you know, how to do it. I just kind of tried and just kind of threw something at the wall to see if it sticks. And now, you know, this has been seven years now. Now, there are systems like now I'd help people with this. I teach people a system of how to be able to feel like how to relax. What do you need to do to actually break through the layers of tension in your body so you can condition your body to let go? You see, when a person practices this over and over and over, they start to get better at it and they start to be able to feel the emotions that's been in the body and now when they feel it they can start to release it that's Mm. how we release the blocked emotions from the body is by feeling it we cannot release it any other way when we accept that we're feeling bad all that is is that i am mentally not going to fight and come up with stories and reasons and justifications mentally Right. And so what happens when I don't do that mentally anymore? Maybe I stop having those stories in my mind. So now what happens? Well, now my attention can go from my mind and it can come into the present moment where my body exists and my feelings are here. So then now we are back into the same thing. But now it gives the capacity for me to feel because like you mentioned, right? Let's get out of the head. Let's accept it. So now my attention is here in the present moment. And when it's here in the present moment, I now give myself the opportunity to feel. But mm-hmm. if I haven't practiced it enough, it's, uh, it's a struggle. And yeah. if I am trying to feel and I can't feel, it could feel frustrating. Then what happens when I'm frustrated? Thoughts come up in my mind, my attention goes from the present moment back into my mind, and I start to complain, and I start to think, why ain't this happening the way I want? 
I want something different. I wish this and I wish that. And now we're back in the head again. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's important to hold a long view with this kind of uh, work. You know, I think a lot of people, especially here in the United States and other Western countries, we've really developed this transactional relationship with reality where we want it now and we want to get it out of the way so we can focus on like the next thing. But, you know, I feel like with something like this, this is a lifelong practice, you know, and I'm sure even you who does like every day, there's still always work to be done. And that's what I find to be interesting as somebody who has all these different practices and different channels to express this is that it, even for me, like at the peak of where I'm at, there still is a sense of like, I am in the unknown. I still have so much to work with and there's so much like path left to be walked, you know, and like that actually is a sign of like being on the path is like recognizing where to go next. So I just want to encourage people who are in that position who might be feeling a little frustrated. Like, again, the frustration has a wisdom in it and a, a path-like quality. And as long as we can learn how to, I mean, even just, I mean, if the frustration is there, it's there. You know, it doesn't ha- need this extra deliberation. It doesn't need this extra story. It's a part of your present moment. And you can actually even drop into that and use that as a means to be present. You know, it doesn't have to be this, mm. I got to get rid of this thing so that I can finally be here. It's like, that is here, you know? And if you can just like expand your awareness, not just in your thoughts, but also within your entire capacity of your body, then you can hold even that, you know? And it's, it could be healing. You know, I found a way to be done with the, with the healing journey. I love it. Yeah. I I use that term and I really don't often because I find it to be, again, just such a consumer focused, you know, and uh, please let me hear it. This is, uh, this is something that I looked for, for about since February 8th, 2015. I accidentally found it 10 months ago accidentally <laughs> oh yeah yeah I, I yep. i'm not gonna take any credit for it because i did not do it purposely i will tell you if i did i did a lot of things purposely i did not find this purposely just like what happened to me february 8th 2015 that was not my doing as well and what i what i discovered is that this whole time i'm looking for a way to stay in this peaceful state. I'm looking for this way to be in the flow, you know, to be authentic, to express how I want to express and not be in my head and, and not have doubts and be fully confident and all of these things. And I could do it sometimes, and then sometimes I'm not in it. And sometimes I'm close, and then sometimes I'm out. And I'm like, man, what is going to get me to stay in it? And so I've worked and I tried all these things and I have a idea, you know, of what to do, you know, but somehow it didn't work. So, you know, I have the, my, my, my son that I mentioned earlier, right? he's eight months old. And so what I'm going to share with you guys that have listened this far, I can promise you that you're not going to hear this very often, really, because most people in this in the personal development space isn't going to talk about this. This is a 
this is a stage that happens when you go deep enough. Okay, but if you can accomplish what it is I'm about to tell you, you will reach the end. And when I say the end, I say it in a way to where the end of a certain level before you can go into deeper stuff. But this end um, will help you accomplish peace, love, gratefulness, all these things that everybody's striving. Here's how you do it. So 10 months ago, right, my wife is seven months pregnant. And I've been, as you know, you know, I've been teaching this this practice, this flow sixty practice to students, and I share it, but I wasn't fully going at it, you know, not not like my capacity when I was in uh, when I built the six pack shortcuts business, and you know, I was really working it right. Now, this time around, I wasn't doing it right. Yeah, I'm working a little bit here and there, but it wasn't like how I knew I could but I didn't want to. I wanted to live life in a certain way. I didn't want to you know, live off a schedule. I wanted to feel free. I wanted to have um, you know, the ability to travel. I had a lot of preferences. I had a way of living that I wanted to do. And you'll notice how I keep saying I because I'm having this conversation with her. We're sitting down. So she's seven months pregnant. We're sitting on the ground. And, you know, we're talking and she's like, you know, Mike, um, you know, so when are you going to do, you know, do these things that you're going to do? Because I was telling her, here's our plan. We're going to do this, this and this. And she looks at me. She goes, well, you've been telling me this for years. So when are you going to do it? And I remember I opened my mouth and words was about to come out and then nothing. And I just opened my mouth. And then I closed my mouth and I just kind of sat there in silence for maybe about 15 seconds. And there was just this deep sense of, of like, well, I don't even know what the right word is, but I remember what I responded with. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And that was it. I didn't say anything else. That was the end of the conversation. And after that, all I focused on was what do I need to do to go ahead and teach this practice, get this business up and going, everything of what it takes, which I knew what it took, which is why I didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I just focused on it. And I stopped thinking about myself. I stopped thinking about what I preferred. I stopped thinking about what I liked. I stopped thinking about what my preferences are, what my ideals are, you know, what I felt like doing, how I would imagine my life to be. I stopped all of those things. And the only thing that I focused on was what needs to happen for me to do this thing for me to build this company, for me to get this practice out to people. What needs to happen? Do that? Okay, do it. Have that conversation? Go do that. Make these calls? Okay, go. And that's what I did. And so my son came out. Even when he came out, we were sitting in our bedroom because we had a home birth, and he was in my arms, and there still wasn't the how I feel. 
Nope. There was just what needs to happen right now. Okay, hold him. Right. So I'm holding him. Okay. Okay. Now support my wife. She needs this. Go do that. She needs that. Do that. Okay. Carry him. What with this? Do this. Do this. So when people ask me, oh, how did you feel? What were you thinking? My answer is, I wasn't thinking anything. I was just there. Okay, well, how was it for you? It was good. I mean, I don't know. I just I just did what was needed, you know. Uh, hold the baby, hold the baby. Press here, press here, you know. Just wipe this, wipe that. Okay. There was no self-awareness. There was no thinking about what my opinions were about the situation you didn't register so two months later after he was born right so about four months after her and i had this conversation i got so much work done i progressed so much and i remember one day going something's changed i've never have been this productive i've never um gotten this many things done. I've never been able to do things this fast. I don't hesitate anymore. I realized that. And it was only about four months in when I realized that up until then, it was just go, go, go. And then suddenly I took a stop and go, wait, something's different. What changed? And I looked and I go, did my practice change? Nope. Did my diet change? Nope. Did my sleep? Nope. Did my social life? No. And I'm like, what, what changed? And then as I thought, I realized I stopped thinking about myself. And as I started to dive into deeper, all the other dots connected. And then it was this huge epiphany. And I was like, holy crap. What I've been looking for, what I've been learning, now I just connected a whole bunch of dots together. When we let go of constantly being conscious of who we are, consciously, constantly thinking about ourselves, having self-consciousness, when we let that go, we stop the source of all problems that we have. Because all problems come from this idea of personal biasm, personal opinion, I don't like this, personal judgment, I don't like myself, or I don't like the way I did this, I could have did that thing better, which means I think I didn't do it good, you know, I don't like the way that person did it, right? It's all about me, 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 self-centeredness. And then I realized this is what people mean by selflessness, not the fact that I'm just um, eager to do things for other people. It wasn't that. It was the fact that I didn't think about myself all the time. Instead, I thought about other people. And when I had when I thought about myself, it was for the sake of doing things for other people. It wasn't for a personal gain. Yeah. And that was one of the most biggest realizations that I've had because it allowed me to be in flow. It allowed me to go and do things without hesitation. It allowed me to be confident, you see, because the lack of confidence is when we have doubt. But to have doubt, we got to be in our head going, I think that I'm not doing this and this good enough, or so-and-so may yeah. think this of me. But if I'm not even in my head thinking about myself, then there's no opportunity to have a problem with confidence. 
because there's no opportunity to even create that problem. And by default, when we just do, automatically, the way we act is defined as confidence. I love that. It's interesting because, I mean, really what you're speaking of is like compassionate service for others. You're acting in a way that like every religion points to, like it's always one of the key tenets is like, be in service of other people and then you'll know the energy of God or whatever it is that your prescription is. And, you know, I, th I really like the analogy that when the right hand itches, the left hand scratches without any sort of delay. It doesn't like think about it. It's just kind of like, well, obviously that's what needs to happen, you know? So yeah, it really, it's, it's like stepping out from the constant reinforcement of the castle of our selfhood. You know, we go throughout life, trying because we have preference for who we want to be so every choice goes through those filters of like will this help create the self-image that i view myself as but you know when you free up all that energy then you have the energy to launch your business take care of your child do all of these things simultaneously without feeling strained you know right and, and like what you said there of we have these preferences of the way we want to be so what we do is we let go of wanting to improve. Yes. We yeah. let go of wanting to get better, wanting to improve, wanting to be different. And for somebody who's like really into personal development, it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> My yeah. life is about improvement, you know, and being better than I was yesterday. How can you get better if you don't, want to get better yeah. right so here's what i say to that we never got better because we wanted to get better we got better because we took action and we took action repeatedly that's how we get better at everything whatever we want to get better at nothing happens but the moment that we take action on anything we get better no matter if we even wanted to or not it's like telling somebody hey go jog every day for 10 minutes and you can tell yourself you don't want to get better at jogging but i promise you if you go jog for 10 minutes every day you get better at jogging if you go do push-ups every day you get better at push-ups you type every day your fingers get better at typing you can't stop it it's inevitable. It's just a cause and effect. And it has nothing to do with wanting to get better. It has to do with the action. But the, but when someone desires to want to get better, aren't they directly saying that they're not good enough the way they are? Yeah, I was going to point that out too. Oh. Even the desire to get better is an expression of the feeling. Like, And if you stop expressing that then naturally what will get better is your contentment <laughs> is your ability to just be you know like that it's a practice of just being you know yeah and then you know the next thing that usually people say is well if if i don't care to get better then what's going to drive me to go and do things because i i do things because i want to get better you know it's a really valid question you know, so usually I ask them, I go, well, um, you know, what do you like to do? You know, what do you really enjoy? What do you enjoy doing? 
you know, and someone goes, well, you know, I enjoy doing things that make myself better, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, okay, all right, um, you know, look a little deeper, what is that thing, you know, it's like, let's say for me, you know, I, I love to, I love to exercise, I love to work out, right, so I can say that I, I work out because I want to make myself better, I want to build these muscles, I want to change my body, okay, but if you let go of the wanting to get better, do you do you still enjoy the working out part? And I would say, yeah. Now, for some people, to be honest, they may go, I don't know, because they never yeah. focused on it, right? It's yeah, it happens. Okay, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. well, test it out, find out. I asked myself the same question. I came to the same conclusion. I do enjoy exercising. It actually feels good. I like the activity of it. You know, and so now what's going to drive me to go ahead and do that besides the fact that I enjoy it, that I like it? Well, you know, maybe you can help other people because your um, hobby, your passion, whatever it is that you enjoy, it just might be beneficial for other people as well. Yeah. And so then now our attention is to go and help somebody else, give more value to somebody else. So why do we do something? Not for our own personal gain anymore. Now, do we realize that we will gain? Absolutely. But we don't focus on it. We put most of our focus to serving others. And by doing so, we will gain everything that we've ever wanted and more. Yep. Yep. That's the real kicker on it. You know, a lot of people are really afraid to let go of that enterprise of reinforcing themselves. It's like, well, what if my life doesn't turn out the way that I want? And I mean, even if I let go of my wants, like they're still there in their seed forms, you know, but then when you actually stop trying to reinforce and refortify, you you just get so overwhelmed with blessings. And that's not why we do it. But like, that is a part of it, you know, is like you will also be taken care of. You know, when you're serving other beings, you have to recognize like you are also a being and you're still in service of yourself. It's just you've kind of heard a, a more holistic and uh, sustainable, healthy, mutually beneficial way to do it. And that's to be in service. Yeah. If we look at energy distribution, if I don't help anybody, then who's the person that I help myself? So who's giving me energy? How many people? One. But what if I go help 50 people? Then I give energy to these 50 people, and this energy comes back in some shape or form. It can come back in money. It can come back in opportunities, relationships, connections, information. Some sort of value comes back. Now, what happens if I help 5,000 people? Now i got 5,000 people that all wants to give me energy. That's so much more than me giving energy to myself. Yeah. So now everything that I want, I can, I can gain. And when we look at it, that, it's like, there, don't worry about, um, about receiving. You're going to receive plenty. All you have to focus on is just helping those 5,000 people. And those 5,000 people will give you everything that you ever needed and wanted because it comes back. You know, and it'll always come back. You can't even stop it. You can just say, I don't want it. You don't want it. And somebody's going to still try to find a way to put something in your pocket. Go, no, I'm not going to let you not. <laughs> not receive yeah. it you know yeah it's it happens yeah. so yeah 
I love it. Well, Mike, this is where we are at for time. Uh, I felt like this was a really neat journey from tending to the self and then this last 20 minutes, just like, how do we be of service? And I feel like every good conversation has that art. <laughs> so yeah, where can people uh, tune in with you? I know you still do a lot of virtual offerings. That's like your primary thing, right? Yes. Uh, you know, best way to find me is on Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, they can just type in Mike Chain on YouTube. Um, Instagram would be Mike Chain Official. And yeah, when we, we have programs, 60-day uh, programs. Very, very interactive, um, a lot of accountability, a lot of support. And um, like we mentioned earlier, it's for people that are ready to make a change and ready to connect to their body and feel and change their mindset, change their emotions. Because we, you know, we as a human being are operating on all three levels. And so it's important to, to develop all three. And, and that's what we do. And, uh, and our students are experiencing a lot of, massive massive changes i have to note i have to really i have to note this um if you want to if you're not ready to uh, dive in if you're not ready to feel what's really there this is not for you people were crying in the last session <laughs> literally literally almost like over half the class was crying wow you know because there was there was emotions there so what happens well let's let's release it you know so if somebody goes, I want to join because I am, I won't only want to feel good. You may want to join something else, but if you're ready to go and really dive in and release whatever is there, you know, then this is something you could want to check out. I almost thought that they might be crying because you had them do the five minute push ups or the five minute <laughs> burpees. I'll never forget having to do that. And I was crying for different <laughs> reasons. No, they feel pretty pumped up usually yeah, after that. Yeah. Like, well, I yeah. can't believe I made it, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I also do want to just offer uh, another thank you because, uh, you know, I found your program in 2020 uh, during the pandemic. It was a little bit after I had been working out with a trainer and then that had to stop. Uh, and again, you were my first episode. And um, I really attribute to you my ability to actually maintain consistent practice. So I just wanted to offer my heartfelt thank you for introducing me to deeper breathing. Um, I had a little bit of meditation, but incorporating that um, and really just strength training, uh, which is all things that I've developed uh, quite a bit the past couple of years. So I just wanted to also offer that to you that uh, it, it was really impactful for me when, I've, when I was participating. So, yeah, that's my um, seal of approval for anybody listening. Uh, Mike knows what he's talking about. So, yeah. Thank you, Brett. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, we will catch you next time. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Good chatting. Yeah, you too. Okay, that was the episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way through until the end. You really are the VIPs of this show. Uh, if you want to support Mike or just plug in and support yourself by plugging in, head on over to flow60.com and get signed up for his January 25th starting day. That's 60 days of training, 60 days of content. I promise you by the end of that, you will be uh, in a different place. Uh, that was my experience. So that is the real deal. If you want to support this show, you can 
subscribe over at patreon.com slash 21st century vitalism or just send me a one-time donation over at venmo at brett-kane-one and sharing this episode and following us on social media is huge so i appreciate you very much all right bye